Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 76. In the wake of a very disappointing Six Nations, we're trying to put a positive spin on what the future holds for England. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hi guys, uh, welcome back. Uh, thanks for joining us again. Thanks for still being with us despite recent performances. Uh, I'm, I know we appreciate it. I'm, I'm sure that the uh, the sport will go a long way to uh, hopefully getting the boys back on their feet. Uh, I'm joined, of course, by Dan. Hi, mate. Hi, mate. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, obviously, it's been a disappointing few weeks, but um, yeah. But do you know what? It's going to make it. It's when we win the World Cup. This is going to make it a good story, isn't it? <laughs> it would be boring if we just went all the way winning everything. Absolutely. And let's not forget that 2015, uh, following uh, uh, you know two two Six Nations wins on the trot from the Irish, they they, I mean, they came third rather than fifth, but. You know, they they were a shadow of their former selves. So clearly, clearly, these things happen. It's part of the the growth process. That's that's the story that I'm sticking to. Um, this is all part of becoming, you know, a world class side. You need to learn how to how to take not just the odd loss, you know, not just the odd game that slips away from you, but how to take kind of periods of uh, you know problem periods, which is what they're in at the moment. Yeah, it was it was interesting. And I'm actually glad we've waited till today to do the pod because it's given me a bit more time to get the perspective. Because when I first like thinking, you know, Sunday, Monday, even a bit yesterday, when you're hearing um, things like, well, you, you know, this is good for us. We'll learn more. There was a part of me that was quite pissed off being like, no, no, that that's not good enough. You need to put your hands up and say we fucked up. We We need to fixes because in my head I was thinking in actual fact it almost gives them an excuse not to go out and fix it saying oh this will be soul you know this will be good for the soul and we'll character building but having over the last few days listened to the players and listened to sort of quite a few different sort of streams via media or whatnot it's it's fairly clear when you hear the interviews that Eddie has laid it out to them right some of you this could be the end of the road Others of you, I'm going to, you know, this is the time. You show me what you're made of or it will be the end of the road. So it doesn't sound like they are taking it lightly. And it sounds like actually what they're saying is right. This could be a positive step for them. And it genuinely could be what's needed. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I completely agree. I mean, I think you're right. It's a mix, isn't it? It's, it's, it's not about making excuses and it's not about saying, oh, well, you know, it'll be all right. Because obviously it's only going to be all right if they can find out where things have gone wrong and, and kind of turn them around. But I, I do think, you know, they, they, they you know, these guys are proud and, and they're not going to want to continue uh, along these lines. And they know that, you know, the expectations were high, not just from the fans, but from themselves. You know, they, they intend to be the number one team in the world. They intend to win the World Cup. That is their plan within camp, or at least that's the impression that I get. Um, so, you know, this is going to be a real test now. Um, to see, you know, which of them has the kind of the the mental muscle to to kind of turn this around and and get back to winning ways. Because as we keep saying, you know, they don't become a bad side overnight. These are still good players. You know, some of them are still world class players or on the on the fringes of being world class players. And you know, that's not going to change 
you know, we can make excuses. We can talk about how tired they are, and I think there's a there's a, a genuine concerns. I think that we we can take seriously, but uh, ultimately, you know, th- there are some fundamental issues, and they need to work out what those are, and they need to be able to deal with them. Yeah, I think that's it, mate. I I, th- I think you're spot on. It's all very well saying it's a learning curve, but we it, it needs to be learned, and there is hard work ahead. And yes, there are reasons. The tiredness, I do genuinely believe there's legs in that. I do genuinely believe that needs to be looked at. But also, perhaps, to get to a point where we are physically and mentally strong enough to win a World Cup, you do need to be pushed right to the edge. And, and if that means, you, you know, sacrificing some performances now, so be it. Mm. If there's no growth from it, then, yeah, disaster. But I, I just can't believe that with this team, with Eddie, with the coaching staff. I was There were a few times I was a little disappointed. I, I felt this Six Nations, we were a bit more reactive than proactive with regards to sort of maybe selections, sort of approach to the games. But, again, that's something that I, I think we'll learn from. There's, let, let's not hide behind the fact there were some... A lot of our good players are not performing as well as they should have for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, so Maro of Atoje, he's he's oh. not had the best performance. No, massively. I mean, you know, well, he's underperformed. Simple as that. You know, yeah. he, he's a, he's a key part of this of this team. You know, he's one of the guys that when he's firing on all cylinders, he raises the game of the people around him. Um, you know, and it makes him one of the key influences within that side. You know, the the, the loss of Billy, Billy Vanapola, it's the same thing. You know, he he was the same thing. He he wrote, you know raised the game of people around him. Uh, ben Youngs, you know, the Youngs care matchup at um, yeah, at, at scrum half was yeah. a key part of what of the way that this England team plays. And that's not to say that you know it's like oh it's okay if he's injured. We we expect to lose. We obviously don't. But I think they'd gotten to such a kind of it becomes such this formality of winning um, that, that revolved around players like these when you don't have them or when they're not performing, because that's just as important, uh, it, it inf- influences the whole side. And I think that was one of the, the key elements, you know, as you say, you know, key players not performing to the best of their ability. I think Guskett was saying, you know, on on Saturday, 15, 15 men, 10, 10 performed badly and five performed okay, but there was nothing better than that. Um, and that's that's the kind of the problem. You need the 10 to perform well and the, the five to perform superbly if you're going to be a top a top team. Um, and ultimately, it's the it's the discipline. We talked about it over and over again. Um, you, know, you look at Ireland by comparison. You look at Wales in that game against England, even though they lost. Um, you know, the penalty count. You just can't afford to be gifting well- points. We we can't win a World Cup with that penalty count. That that penalty count has been uh, a bit silly, and it, it's something that to me is actually my biggest concern. Is we we don't seem to learn from that penalty count. Sometimes it's like, oh guys, come on! Like whether it's just an individual holding on to a ball that second too long, they know I, the score. Yeah, I mean, I guess the I guess the difficulty if we're going to look for kind of not excuses so much as justifications for certain things. Penalties given away for things like holding on. In the game of rugby now, there is an element of holding on. It's it's about it's about gauging the right sure. amount of time, yeah. Because because you, you can't just immediately take your hands off the ball because it gets stolen. So there's a there's kind of that time sure. frame. And obviously, every referee rests the games slightly differently. Some let you hold on a little bit longer. Some are absolutely on you 
um, from the word go. So I think in the early stages, you know, Eddie Jones talked about, you know, the best teams give away penalties. You know, I, I think in some ways he's right. Uh, in the in the early stages of the game, when you're kind of getting a feel for the game and for the referee and the way he's playing the game, yes, you might give away the odd penalty doing doing things like just testing the limits. But it's about being able to react to that and change and kind of go, okay, we've been playing for seven or eight minutes now. We've got a pretty good idea of how long we can hold on to the ball. We don't give away any more of those penalties. And and yeah, that that's exactly it because that's what Ireland did. That's what Wales did. In, fa- in fairness, that's what most of the other teams did. They gauge the ref early, whereas we didn't, we almost sort of think, oh, this is typically what a ref allows. Yeah. So we'll just play this way and, and didn't seem to learn. I mean, if it was me, I don't know how practical this is. I would almost nominate someone in the forward, say whoever, for argument's sake, say Rob Shaw, uh, to say, right, analyze what the ref is blowing up for early on. And then after like, get to that 10 minute mark say right boys you can't do this because the ref is going to blow up for that Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what you're used to this is what this ref is playing so this is how we have to play almost have somebody or almost somebody from the side who can then run on that information yeah i I can say yeah you you almost want that to be a a kind of a given though don't you that's the whole point of having having these kind of leaders in the side this is one of the things that they need to be doing they need to be identifying these things not just for themselves one of my problems with rob shaw is that he does, you know, although he's a, he, he, he's a hard worker, he does seem to do a lot of, and, and I don't want to use the word selfish because I don't think that's the right word, but he, a lot of what he does, he does for himself. You know, it's almost like heads, head down, get on and do a job and, and just concentrate on doing your job to the best of your ability rather than look at the wider game and look at how you can influence the guys around you, particularly the less experienced ones. Do, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, mate, I, I do know what you mean. Uh, to me, Rob Shaw offers so much in so many areas, but there are times where I worry that he's not a, a thinking player as much as perhaps you'd want him to be. Like, he doesn't analyse the game perhaps as much as you want. Like you say, I think he's, some of what he adds, I think, is hugely valuable. Just that, you know, undeniable 100% every time. Even if he has a bad game, you know he's having a bad game because he's a bit off form, not because he's not putting in... Yeah. every last bit of effort he has yeah. and there is something huge for that but that's not in this day and age that i think there needs to be more and there's room for that if other people you know are are covering are thinking the games through so to me the player who i think came out almost strongest from the six nations was haskell yeah, well, he's certainly there was a lot of question marks, weren't there? And and when he was finally included, and I think I think when he when he came not came on when he started against, uh, did he start against France? No, he came on against, against France. So when he started, I mean, yeah. So you know, the the half or the twenty minutes he got against France, coupled with his game against Ireland, you know, beforehand a lot of people writing him off. I mean, we talked about it already. You know, people saying he's going to retire. That's the end of that's the end of rugby for the likes of James Haskell, particularly international uh, international level. And, you know, he, not at all. He's come back and he, uh, I, I'm sure he's come into it saying, yeah, I want to play for as long as possible. I want to be part of that World Cup. But in the meantime, I just want to play for, for yeah. England. Um, and, yeah, he, he, he certainly put a stamp on the shirt. I'd be very surprised if he's not part of the England setup going forwards f- for the time being, at least. Um, Eddie Jones seems to like him. He works hard. We've talked about him loads. We won't go into it too much. But you know, what's very interesting, so we talked, we might very much talk down the South Africa tour 
as being this sort of joke of a test. South Africa are terrible. It's going to be a whitewash. Um, and yet, South Africa are poor at the moment, and I still expect a 3-0. But England now have something that they have to prove. The most important thing to, for England right now is that the next time they step out onto the field, they get a win, and a good one, because that changes everything. You know, right now, heads are down. Uh, you know, fans are sort of disheartened. Players, I'm sure, are disheartened. Um, and this, the test for them right now is, can you turn turn around and get back get back back to winning form and put this Six Nations behind you as a, you know, a bit of a brain fart or whatever you want to call it, you know, and, and the South Africa tour is going to be key, um, not just to get the results, but to get, the, you know, put in the performances. And so I, I, it's a bit of a difficult one because on the one hand, you've got the, the, the balancing act of, you know, who to rest, you know, should you be resting the guys they've had, they've played a lot of rugby. And on the other hand, you've got this, they need to be as a team getting back on winning form. Uh, so it'll so, be interesting to see what he does and who he takes. Yeah, I was, I was going to say that, that that's exactly that's exactly the point I wanted to ask you actually say. So with that in mind, because I completely agree with that, I think I think it's really important now. Would you go with a full squad or would you still rest players? So I I think you know I mean we refer, I referred to it a moment ago about Jerry Guskett's comments about you know the ten bad players and the five okay players and I think you know when he talks about the five okay players he's talking about key influences like your Farrells like your Mako Vanapolas um, you know your Atojes probably daily but then I, I so I think I think it's a difficult one because is there value in saying oh I'm going to rest Owen Farrell Mara Atoje and Mako I, I so I personally believe there is, but but if that's it, do you, what I mean is, you know, is there value in saying I'm just going to take two or three of them out? Oh no, you, no, no. Do, no, do you know? I, you I you almost you... need to kind of go. I'm going to actually rest a good sort of fifty percent of this current squad, or certainly the starters, and I'm going to well, bring did... in new 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 guys. Or you have to kind of say you would have got a rest, but for that, because of that poor performance in the Six Nations, you can't afford it now. You have got to go out to Africa and you have got to put in a performance out there now. So, so my only problem is, at some point, I think these guys do need a rest, do need that period of time, mentally as much as physically, where they can just take their head away. I'm mm. not saying it all has to be for this South Africa tour, but it's it's one of the last opportunities. I truly believe that they can't just push through every player until the World Cup now, because that would have been basically four years solid rugby with no... Yeah, you know, no real break. So, so what is the balance? Because in theory, you take a team out to South Africa that isn't your full strength side. You know it's not. It's missing key players. Okay, on the you know you you have to get a win, or really you've got to get three wins. But you certainly got to go out there and you have got to perform. Do you say we're going to go and get a performance with with players who aren't our first choice, and then where does that leave you when you come back? Or do you have yeah, to go? Do you know what I mean? It's quite a difficult one to know exactly is, what the right is, call yeah. is here because, on the one hand, I'm thinking I, we need to see the, the the first team going out there putting in a performance. But on the other hand, you're right. You, you know, you can't you can't expect these guys to just play solidly between now and the World Cup and then perform in the World Cup. Yeah, I so for me, and this is just my current thinking. I'm sure it will change between now now and the tour. I I think you rest them. You you put out. You still take a strong squad because there's some players who who don't necessarily need the rest uh, because maybe they've been injured, they haven't played that much. Yeah, like a, a daily or a daily. But I think if you look at um, 
depending also what happens with sort of premiership finals, uh, Europe for Saracens, if the Saris players, for example, progress in Europe, get to premiership final, I think you say, let's give these guys a rest. Mm -hmm. They need the rest. Perhaps even extra guys looking at the Lions people. And, and that's who I say you rest it. Because then I think the thing we need to bear in mind, even if we rest a lot of players, we still take out a really strong team. Yeah, oh, yeah, no no doubt. And, and, you know, the guys, there'll be a lot of heart and, and there'll be people playing to, to get noticed. And, and I'm sure they'll put in good performances and they may well come away with three wins. I guess the problem is, is that if you come back having got those wins without your supposed kind of key key players, you then bring your key players back in and if things go bad, do you know what I mean? It's kind of, I don't know. It well, just... well, that, that's, there's it, almost a part of me thinking, yes, of course, it's for key players and it's their position to sort of be taken off them. But if, for argument's sake, a Luke Cowan-Dickey goes out there, if you rest a Hartley, for argument's sake, um, and a Luke Cowan-Dickey goes out there and has an amazing performance, then yeah, he stays, yeah. and it's up for I, other people to fight it back off him. I suppose if a Henry let, Slade. Let, 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 well, let's look at this for a minute. I mean, let's start in the backs, okay? So Ben Youngs has obviously just had because of injury, but he will have had a, 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 most of the season off. Do you take him? He's rested. Uh, yes, I, I, I think I think a Ben Youngs. I think a Ben Youngs you do take because you want to get him playing some rugby again. And do you take a Danny Kerr who who's played a lot of his games off the bench and so he hasn't actually had as much to do no, and, no, and he I, wasn't a lion? Uh, possibly Danny Kerr because of not being a lion thing. Yeah. So then you leave. So then you rest Farrell. That's pretty much we. we, we that's yeah, certainly I'd one player Farrell. that we're happy with, which is fine because you have you take Ford because at the moment there are question marks about what the what the correct setup is. Yeah. So if you're taking Ford and he's at 10, that leaves you with with a simple solution, you know, because we know that we've got a Tio and I think a JJ, neither of which needs to be rested. Tio's obviously had a lot of time off. I, uh, yeah, I mean, JJ, I, I'd, I'd look at resting. Yeah? Yeah, I, th I think I'd look at resting JJ. Fine. Um, so, but that, that's easy enough to do. I mean, that's that's fine. Um, so so you, you've got plenty of options to, to, to fill that gap, uh, as you've previously mentioned. You've then got, obviously, on the wings... Does it, Johnny May probably doesn't need to be rested. Anthony Watson, you might rest. Yeah, I, I would definitely rest Watson. You don't need to rest daily. We've talked about Noel will be back from injury. You don't need to rest him. Yeah, but it's not just so. So from my point of view, I might even look at resting a Noel. I might look at resting a daily. I know they've been away for injury, but the thing is, when you're when you're out for injury, it's all very well saying you're not playing rugby but you're still going through a very intense rehab you're still pushing yourself very hard and you're still putting strain on your body and mentally and physically so I would still probably rest those guys and give the chances of a, of a Denny Solomona so my, 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 my concern my worry is what we don't want is for the summer tour to be a kind of a duplicate of the last summer tour the one to Argentina uh, yeah I, because I, I don't I, think that I, offers I, us the value it. I, I get, I do get your point. Um, and, and, and I don't have the answers. I just think, and, and this is, like I say, this is just my thinking right now. My thinking right now is there's more value in these guys having a complete summer off with their families doing whatever it is they want to do. Mm. Um, and then coming back, really coming back to the world cup, uh, the sort of a world cup season as such, because, well, I guess there's still a season to go, and then there's a summer, then a World Cup. So 
to almost come back and be like, right, it's a massive year, but I've had the best, you know, I've had a really good rest now. I am ready for this year. I'm ready for whatever this brings. Yeah. And and that's my sort of current thinking. Um, but I don't think, I also think you gain some things in that. So, so interestingly, he, here's actually something sort of slightly diversified. So Eddie strongly hinted that this may well be the end of a road for some players. Um, Name and I shame. Don't, yeah, I don't know who he 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 certainly hasn't. I'm trying to think who I. Well, from the from the front back, Dan Cole maybe. Quite possibly, yeah. Um, hard to say with the with the second row because I think he hasn't brought in he hasn't any brought in anybody else. He hasn't brought in anybody else to sort of, you know, potentially be. Any of them have. Uh, I don't think any of them have run their course. Yeah. So then back, so, so with Dan the back Cole, row. It's not, yeah, so sorry, I was saying that Dan Cole is not, I just think he's, you know, he's played a lot of rugby, he's had a good test, he's had a great career. I just think there's players now who are probably more suited to the current game. Oh, no, I, I, I agree. I'm not saying that I think it's a bad call. Um, I think it probably is the right the right move. Um, you know, you've got young guys like Kyle Sinclair coming through and, and with their experience and their energy and everything else, you know, clearly you've got to be... You can't just be saving all of your quality players to come on for the last 20 minutes. You need to have quality players starting and finishing. Um, yeah. So so I think he's certainly won. Um, hard to say in the back row. But Yeah, back row, it, it's, it is it's hard back to say is, whether, there's, the back whether row, there's anybody. Well, I think the trouble I'd is... I'd want the, Pascal the, involved. I'd want Armand involved. There's currently no one, I think, uh, you know, apart from Billy who's injured, who's absolutely cemented a position. In the back row. No, I agree. I completely agree. And that's one of the problems that we've got. You know, our, our only sure thing is is not even available to England right so, now. So this this tour, and, and luckily the back row don't seem to have the problem of perhaps a, a, a sort of exhaustion thing. This tour, I would probably take the back rows. I would take Haskell. I would take Robshaw. I would take Armand. Uh, I'd take Hughes if he's fit. I'd take Billy if he's fit. And Underhill if he's fit. I'd, I'd take them all. And really Sam try, Simmons. Simmons. Yeah, exactly. I'd take them all and really try and figure out what, who what, who are my go to guys. Yeah, definitely. And 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 not just that, but yeah, your go to sort of uh, what, what do you have four? What is what's a match day? It's one one back row replacement, isn't it? Yeah. So, so you'd have typically the, you'd have four. So you'd have the three on the pitch and then one replacement for a back yeah, row. So so he needs his four to come out of this tour. Uh, I I agree, um, and then in the backs, I don't th- I don't think I don't think Scrum Half's in trouble. I don't think Fly Half's in trouble. I think if, any- if I, anything, I, I'm worried about Fly Half. Well, you say that, but I would say looking at the Ireland game, the one the one moment in that game where England started to look like they had a little bit of something was once Ford came back on. Yeah, so so, so don't get me wrong. I, I I've still got Ford. I've still got Ford involved, but. I almost want there to be another option there as well because I I like the Ford Farrell 12 10 12 combination but as as we as we've seen things can, things can change quickly with regards to what what if Ford breaks a leg towards the end of next season I I don't think we have an answer we almost found that at scrum half with uh yeah with Ben Youngs when he was out I I want there to be another possibility there well i suppose we know that farrell is a possibility there so if if something like that was to happen you've got farrell at 10 and and uh, you you know you've got then it's your centers where where you've got the extras 
and and there are options. You know. Yeah, no, that that's true. Um, so I don't think there's I, any any major problems there. I don't think anyone. I don't think JJ or Tio have have you know signed a, a death warrant as far as their England career goes. Um, not at all. I don't think Watson or May have. Possibly um, da- uh, Mike Brown. So my, my, I I don't think Mike Brown's played badly to not allow himself to continue. I I think Mike Brown's just his career is coming to a natural end. I don't think it's because he's done anything wrong. Well, we've said it. He, he peaked about four years ago. And, you know, all players have a peak. And and yes. after that peak, you know, they, they, they slow... In, not just rugby players, this is in, in, in anything, in any sport and anything. You know, and then you have a slow decline. And I just don't see him raising his game again back to where he was. That That's ultimately the biggest problem, isn't it? So you have to ask, I've... do you want a guy who is more than likely going to be worse in 2019 than he is now. Yeah. There was the, the worry for me with Mike Brown. And again, this is not, I'm, I'm not having the dig at Mike Brown here. The worry for me is a few times just that, that yard of pace. I mean, we, we, we went through this chat, but Stockdale caught him out. Scotland caught him out. I think teams are starting to realize that actually, yeah, he's that, seeing him a like a forward. A one-on-one with Mike Brown is okay. We can back myself. It's Mike Brown. Well, I, I think I think it's sort of sort of one-on-one, perhaps a tackle. But if it's like actually, if we really attack him for pace, he he won't. Whereas a Watson, although may not have had sort of best time fullback, you you know pace. You know if he is slightly out of position, he's got that gas to cover it. Whereas I mean, Watson, Brown, what, not, Watson at fullback was unlucky. Okay, against France. You know, it was it was the sending off or the the yellow card, which was, you know, one of those where, you know, you could, you you could give it or you could not. Uh, there was the try with Ireland, which, you know, has has in hindsight been shown to be a knock on. Um, such is life, as we as we know. Um, you know, so I think he's been a, a bit unlucky, um, because I think things like that sort of stand out. But I don't think he's I don't think he's played badly. At, uh, at fullback, no, I don't think he's played badly. And and the thing about those sort of things, as such as the island try, all that stuff he can work on. It, it's not stuff that. Whereas my, my, I think my problem with Mike Brown is you can't really work on upping that pace a bit more. No. Whereas with Watson, if it's a slight mistake or like you say, yes, a bit of bad luck. Is, these other guys we're talking about, they they are they're currently on an upward curve as far as their career goes. Mike Brown's yeah. already peaked and he's on a downward curve. So it, I, I think it, you know if you look at it, look at it like that, um, you know you want guys leading up to a World Cup who are getting better all the time, and you, ideally you want them to peak. Well, you know at the World Cup, you people like your Mara Otojes, your Vernapola brothers, despite the fact that they look about forty. Um, you know <laughs> they're, they're obviously early twenties. You know so these guys are just going to be getting better and better and better. Um, and I think that's that's the key, you know. Anthony Watson playing fullback for Bath, playing fullback for England from now until the World Cup, he's going to be a considerably better fullback at the end of 2019 um, than he is now. And, and and you know, and he's a good fullback now. So I, I think it's the right call. Um, we'll see if that's what Eddie has in mind. Um, but but I think yeah, maybe that's what that's another one. So so yeah, I, the only two I can think of that potentially. Uh, might be at the end of the road. Uh, Mike Brown and Dan Cole. Yeah, and and do you think Dylan Hartley's the right man to continue to lead England? I just don't think there's an alternative for leadership right now. It it, it it's a strong point. Uh, 
Owen Owen Farrell potentially. Well, I mean, we know that Owen Farrell's obviously. You know, Eddie Jones sees him as a leader, and 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 yeah, he he has the potential to do it. Um, but I do think you need that leader in the forwards. Yeah, I agree with and that. I don't um, think any of the others are doing it. You know, Rob Shaw, who is England captain for how many years? You know, he's not doing it. He he's and and we. I don't think you can go back to him being. No, no, I'm not as captain, but I mean, but but even if Owen, what I mean is, if Owen Farrell was your was your captain, you still need somebody to lead in the forwards. Yeah, not just be named the forwards captain or whatever you know whatever they call it, but actually be you know a, a second captain playing in the forwards, and we don't have one. And, and do you, well, I think we do have one. In I think Haskell could be that man. Do you think? But he's not guaranteed his spot. But, yeah. But I think, I think Has- on the pitch... Do you know what, though? Haskell's the kind of guy, though, that is going to drive that kind of... He's, he's, got, he's, that, he's that sort of senior player that you want. That, yeah, that guy that's going to be a leader, regardless of whether he's asked to be a leader or not. We need more people to do that. Yeah. And yes, I, think, yeah, I, think yeah. if, I think if the senior players were all doing that, we wouldn't be having this conversation because it would be a simple... We don't need Hartley. We don't need the leadership. Um but I, but equally, I, I don't feel like it's a difficult one because of what I've just said about Mike Brown. Because I feel like Dylan Hartley is no longer on an upward curve either. But um, it, I, do I think that that with Hartley out injured, um, that Jamie George came along and and really kind of stepped up and played considerably better than Hartley was playing for those first sixty minutes? No. Now maybe that's just down to the fact that none of the England players were really stepping up. But I felt yeah. like I felt like Jamie George was more impactful for England when he came off the bench than he was starting. Yeah, I mean, I think my thing at Hooker is looking at Cowan Dickey. If you've got three hookers in England, saying Hartley, George, and Cowan Dickey, I think the two best are George and Cowan Dickey. Yeah, that that's my issue with it. But what do you know? What I really want to see, and when you're saying from leadership, I think the dynamic has to change slightly. So you look at. Um, sort of a toe do you remember when he was like whooping and doing all that stuff and everyone was sort of half taking the mickey out of him but that added massive energy do you remember him and the yeah and the sink or farrell used to run in and do it yeah yeah and and i want that i want that back with those guys you, you know i want those guys to be able to be like yeah well like really celebrating if it's a win it adds that energy and i want to see sir marrow doing that again i want to see the sink coming on and doing you, you know, doing his stuff. I remember on the line saw him like grabbing at OJ, just seeing him just absolutely ecstatic because I think they'd turned over a ball or something. And 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 I, I want those guys to be doing that. And that's not the, the old guys in the team. And then this is nothing that that's not who they are. But I want those new guys to come in. I want their personality to be able to show energy. through. Yeah. Yeah. Their personality, their energy to be able to show through. And yeah, you can still have an old guy to be like, calm it down dickheads come on like or take the mickey out of them but without taking that away no i i I 100 agree and to be honest with you i don't look at itoje and sinclair as the as the young the young kids coming coming through and looking looking for leaders to to show them the way i feel like they're doing that on their own so i almost feel like they need to become leaders themselves and and show everybody else young or old that this is the way we need to be. We need to be proud to wear the shirt. We need to be proud to win games, but we also need to be proud to win a line out or to win a scrum or to win a turnover because all of those things kind of come together. Yeah, absolutely. And look, we've, there's, 
there's a lot that needs to be looked at. There's a lot of um, sort of positions that need to be looked at. Have we got the right people? Because like we say, you know, you know, the World Cup is next year, but it's the end of next year. There's a lot of rugby that's got to be played between now and then. There is still time for someone new to come into that England squad yeah. to sort of get themselves settled in that squad and be ready to win a World Cup. Well, there's a summer tour. <clears throat> there's two autumn, is it two autumn tours? Well, not tours, obviously, uh, but hosting no, no, two no, no, autumn tours. No, there's one autumn. So there's the summer tour, there's the four autumn internationals, obviously the six season. Nations. Then six nations. And then before the World Cup, England the will have warm some up warm-up games. matches. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of international rugby to be played. Yeah. And and there's there's time for these people to come in and, you know, make that position their own. There's probably 15, oh. there's probably a good 15 games before the World Cup starts for England. Uh, so sort of eight, 12, yeah, no, I think you're right. I, I, I think there probably is, <laughs> in my head, doing the maths, I think they're spot on 15. So yeah, that's so, that's a lot of caps. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. I think absolutely. I, th- I don't think anyone should be thinking, oh, this is all sealed now. I mean, if, if anything, because we are here to to spin as positive a light on, on recent performances as possible. If anything, this has just sent a message to the, the, the English rugby playing elite to say, England are in trouble. <laughs> you know, you've got a chance now. If you thought that the that the door was shut, it's just opened up again. Yeah. And and it's what what I want to be careful for that. I've read some things and you, you were sort of quoting Gus Scott. I actually read an article he read like England need to tear it up and start again. To me, that's bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. They don't need to do that. I, I don't think it's quite as drastic as people think. Like like you were saying, 2015. Like after the World Cup, it's like, my God, we're the first host nation to ever go out in pool stage. Six months later, we win the Grand Slam. Yeah. You, you know, it's it's not that we, we don't, we've got the players. We have got the players. We have got the skills. So that's huge. With that automatically puts us in an amazing position. It's like, do you know what, guys? Yeah, we've played a bit of shit, but let's start from a very basic. We've got the talent to to win matches, to win a World Cup, to go 18, 19 games unbeaten. It's not a, you know, let, let's let's put some of this in perspective. Yeah, there's, there's shit that needs sorting out. I, our, our attack... From the Italy game, some of those tries, I was like, wow, our attack's looking pretty cool. Yeah. We never seem to recreate that. But... I know, it was so frustrating because I thought, there was, to be fair, there was about 20 minutes against Wales, maybe 15 minutes against Wales, where I thought, at the beginning, where I thought this this could be big. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And then it just seemed to fizzle out and that, and that was the end of that. We never saw it again. Uh, so I agree. It was there against Italy, uh, possibly because they gave, the line speed, they gave us a bit more time. It was there in that first 20 minutes against Wales because I think Wales were half asleep at the beginning of the game. They gave us time. But it seemed that as soon as the pressure was on, they didn't know what to do. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it, because like you say, at the end against Wales, like we, we were putting together some phases. We were starting to look like a team that could against Ireland, could really threaten. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, against Ireland. Um, to me, a lot of it probably is mental. I, I think a lot of it is... And and this hopefully is the wake up call, and not for one second. Like I said earlier, there was a bit of me a bit pissed off. Like, no, we just put our hands up and say we're well, shit. We need to sort things out. But actually, Eddie's not going to allow it to be shit. No. And if people don't step up, if people don't sort of go there with the attitude to move forward to improve, I have no doubt Eddie will be like, see you later. 
Mate, well, well talking about it, I, I'm, I'm shocked and amazed that the BBC currently has an article that they feel they need to write saying that the Rugby Football Union says it uh, it doesn't regret extending Eddie's deal and, you know, they it, it, he retains the RFU's support. Well, sure, when was that oh, ever in question? Up. Yeah, Come on. shut up. He's, he is still, without question, the most successful coach England has ever had. He hasn't suddenly become a shit coach because we lost three games. Yeah, that's... Um... Mate, that, that's as that's, the media and as fans, that's, that's what we need do, to right? not. That's what we need to not do. You know, we need to get behind these guys and say, "All right, you know, we're willing to give you a chance to go and sort it out, and we believe that you will do that." And you know, we look forward to seeing it happen. Um, and you know, that's why the South Africa tour is so important because they yeah, do need to get. The, they need they need the supporters back on their side. So I think I think more important than the South Africa tour is the autumn internationals. Oh, I mean, it, of course, particularly the game against New Zealand, because that's where it's you know, and it's the big games against the big players, and it will be with the the you know the first team, the A team. Um, yeah, and and of course, results there make a difference. But but following on from the results we just had in the Six Nations, if England go to South Africa and lose, or or play badly, or both, it's. I think it's just going to make it's digging that hole even deeper. It's going to make it, it, it even well, harder to get out. I, I think. I think they have to win. So I, I slightly disagree, depending on what team you take out. Well, that's the thing. I think if you take out a no, second-string team is not fair, but I think if you take out a team perhaps missing some big names because they've been rest, you go out there, even if you lose the series, but actually you perform well. Show. I don't think that's the end of the world. I think it's the autumn matches that count. But if you go out to South Africa with a first team and lose, then I think you're in trouble. Yeah, I mean, South Africa are really, really shit at the moment. Have Have I heard, and I may have heard this wrong though, for in the summer, aren't South Africa allowing selection for all players because, like, be wherever they're playing? So aren't South Africa now going to start picking some of the good players who they haven't been picking recently? Oh, I have not read that. If that's true, I that changes things. I may be making that up. Well, but we'll, I'm, pre- I'm sure I've heard that. We'll but. clarify that for, the next, uh, for our next episode, for sure. Yeah, and if anyone knows, please let us know, actually. So, because I, I actually looked for that the other day and couldn't find an article. So, if anyone does know, sort of, South Africa, what whatever the fuck is going on with South African rugby at the moment and their selection policy for the summer, guys, please do write in and let us know because I, I think that will be play a big part in uh, perhaps Eddie's thinking come yeah. the summer. At England Rugby Pod, guys, on, uh, on Twitter and Facebook. Um, anything else? Trying to think, like we 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 agreed, you know, for for those that think you know we, we we've been quite uh, easy on England, we did say that we're going to do this, we're going to we're going to put the positive spin on things because you know that one that's what we're here for. We're supporting England uh, to the to the World Cup. We believe that they can win it. That hasn't changed for us. Um, obviously, the results of the Six Nations are disappointing, um, but they are what they are. Can't change them now. Um, and it is a case of looking forwards. There's just there's no value in looking backwards, except for them, obviously, in in terms of identifying what they need to get right. Um, you know, so the next big game is is South Africa, uh, and that's what we need to look forward to, which is why we're trying to be as positive as possible. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think that I think that's probably not a bad place to leave it. Yeah, no, no, no. I think I think so. I I think over the next few weeks. Um, 
well, I mean, I mean, there'll be different pods, but I, th- I think other stuff will come up that we'll want to discuss uh, around the players, around going on. But yeah, for now, I think that's a place to leave it. And like you say, yeah, I mean, you and me had a chat and we're like, look, let's keep this positive as much as anything, because that's where our minds are. And we, we can sort of only talk as we find. But also, I don't think we're being, I, I, I don't think we're being completely <clears throat> unrealistic. I, I don't think we're, completely deluding ourselves no 100 percent. on paper these guys are still one of the best sides in the world one of the best squads in the world um yeah and it simply comes down to players didn't perform and there are lots of reasons we can give for that you know i don't believe it's the wrong strategy i i think that i think that the the fatigue is it plays a big part in that you know i think that plays a big part in people like yamara toje's not jumping around every time they win the ball um, you know, you need energy to do stuff like that, and if you haven't got any, it's uh, it makes it's, it harder, <laughs> tough, tough to do. So you know, they they know what they got to do. Um, they got to go away and they got to do it. Um, and we we shall see how they get on in a few months' time, I guess. June. June is for South Africa tour, but there's loads of rugby to be played between now and then. And I think um, there is actually an England game against the Barbars, so we may well see some uh, some less familiar faces then, uh, which might give us a bit of an inkling as to what uh, we might expect on the tour. Yeah, and, and guys, you know, please keep tuning in, keep, please keep listening, because we're going to be keeping a close eye on all the England players between now and that tour. We're going to be sort of looking and coming to you every week, sort of with our thoughts and findings around what's going on with uh, everything England rugby sort of yeah, and let us know know, moving towards this World Cup. Yeah, let us know if there's anything specific you'd like us to cover. Yeah, uh, It's absolutely. always good to, to to kind of guide how the, the episodes are going to go based on what you guys want to hear. So, uh, yeah, if you think of anything that you particularly would like us to cover, let us know. We've done it before. Uh, it's always quite a nice way to do it. So, uh, uh, yeah, keep tuning in, guys, as Dan says. Um, if you get a chance, rate us, review us if you haven't already. If you have, thank you. Um, share with friends and family spread spread the word spread the love uh, keep coming back for more we're growing all the time which is great um, obviously though we just want that to keep happening we want to get as many people as we can tu- tuning in um, so that by the time we get round to that World Cup and when we do finally win it uh, everyone's coming to the right place to hear all about it um, so yeah until next time guys take care thanks a lot guys <laughs>